0: Now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet
1: and into your ears. Hello and welcome to another edition of your LGBT plus show that is Shout Out. He's Andy Shield and I'm Steph Arnett and today on the show, My Trans Journey.
0: Uh, Ez talks to Jay about their journey to adulthood. And
1: Pride's outreach programme.
0: Uh, Darren and Jane are here to talk about Bristol Pride's new initiative.
1: Or today, right here on Shout Out.
0: Finals for the Shoutout Listeners Awards are now open. To see who's shortlisted for each award and to cast your vote, go to shoutoutradio.lgbt forward slash awards. Voting will close on midnight on the 12th of February. Then join us live at the Old Market Assembly in Bristol on Thursday the 23rd for our amazing awards ceremony sponsored by Hugo. There, we'll announce your winners. Entry to the ceremony is free but ticketed So grab your tickets from our website That address again Shoutoutradio.lgbt Forward slash awards
2: (laughs) Are
0: you getting a bit excited there Before I put your microphone up
1: No not really (laughs) (laughs) Not me
2: I heard a Yay
1: the listeners it. didn't. No, they no, didn't. No. that was because it was a private yay. <laughs>
2: oh, sorry. Because okay. you do a public it yay now. wasn't... Yay! Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling quite excited. I don't know about all of Yeah, you. me
0: too. Me too. And, and I, I'll let you in on a little secret. We've had more votes this year in the first three days that the awards were opening than we
1: had in the entirety of the awards last time.
2: That's, that wow, is brilliant. quite incredible. That's wonderful. Mm. It shows just how passionate people are, I mm. think.
1: And thanks to B247 for yeah. the article yeah. on the awards. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you very much.
0: They're, they're not here to talk about the... Uh, awards and we can't we can't like sway it we have to be like you know (laughs) careful and independent but we've got two finalists here in the studio we have
1: have. yes yeah
0: so all with freshly dyed hair on those things too it looks very nice
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going to be talking to them in a little while. I'm only while. jealous
0: because I have got hair. It's outside my mine too. But yeah, no, uh, awards are open. Uh, Shoutoutradio.lgbt forward slash uh, awards. Um, and uh, you can see the link to get your tickets there as well, So, which are free, um, but you do need a ticket because we have limited capacity at the venue.
2: How long is the voting open for?
0: Until the 12th of February um, at midnight. Um, apologies, there, there was a error on the website in case you saw it was closing at the end of January it's not quite that quick <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have now corrected that and, uh, um, well
2: you know it might might have made people um, feel quick, know, a sense yes. of urgency a bit of impetus yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so but yeah, another they, they close there, and um, uh, obviously ticket sales will stay on until the actual ceremony itself. Yeah. So, mm.
1: okay. And if you've never been to the uh, Old Market Assembly before, there is food available, and of course there is a fully stocked bar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Lovely, and um, they've been really nice, really supportive.
2: And there's no tickets on the door, is that right? It's all through the website.
0: Um, tickets will be available on the door okay. if there are any left. Okay. Um, and um, if you get a ticket, you need to get there obviously within time because uh, yeah. any that aren't used because they're free, uh, any mm. that aren't used will then. Give about to people uh, on the yep. door, so but best right. advice is because it is free, go and uh, get your ticket beforehand, mm-hmm. and then you're, yeah, you're you're sure to be able to get in. So. Yep.
1: Can we can we say about who's going to be doing the um, the halftime act? No, not yet. No, not yet. Okay, it's a couple of weeks time. <laughs> Just while I didn't. I'm sat right <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yes, well, Stephanie is are going to be on the stage. Yeah. So um, <laughs> talking to the finalists, as well, like we did last time. So. Compare, yeah.
1: Um, so, we, we'll
0: try not to get too emotional. It was all I could do when we gave Alid the final, uh, uh, the hero of the year last time. It was all I could do not to. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, hold you know it that together
0: I'm to go, go on a bike,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, I'm a very emotional person, so it could be quite interesting, <laughs> me trying to get through the last few awards. But I'll do my best. It's going to be a great night. So, yes, everybody who's listening tonight, if you haven't voted already do log on to the Shoutout website and vote.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I'd love to say that there's some clear winners, but there really is not. Every no. single award, it's like, it's just going up and down with all, all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's overtaking really each, nice, each other. Well, really nice you, to you need
1: to get on there, get all your mates and friends and keep voting because yeah. it is close. So mates don't give Mates and up. friends.
2: Huh? A- mates and friends
1: And anyone else
2: <laughs> Family <laughs> Pets Just get everyone voting Enemies Frenemies <laughs> Frenemies Fiends <Yes.
0: laughs> Random people in the street Just yeah. get them to
2: vote Yeah Yeah Why not Why not Do you know what you're wearing yet Andy?
0: Well I've got my light like, You know Because we're dressing up smart for it We Because are. it's a awards ceremony I've
1: seen Andy's outfit Yeah I've done it it's, <laughs> a, it's a one piece It's like a baby grow, But it's gold lame Oh <laughs> Weird, me
2: too <laughs> I'm looking for the, Wow, we should have spoken more about this Because, you know, we can't not Just you and me can't be matching I've
0: got so th- I've actually, I've got I, I don't very often wear a suit Because these days You don't kind of wear it for work anymore um, No, and, um, no one does, no And, um, and, and I, I genuinely I don't know if it fits or not So it, it might be a quick trip To somewhere like Astor And get a, a, a new, new suit or something
1: yes. Or so. Primarni
2: yeah. Primark,
0: yeah Yeah so I was in there the other day. I saw that Greg's. Oh, um, the
2: Greg's uh, clothing. Yeah. Is that? Oh wow. Okay.
0: I, was, just, I was like.
2: Yeah. It's I like Greg's,
1: but I like to eat it, not wear it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got bucket hats and everything. Maybe that's what I should come to the awards in.
1: Yeah, did you know that um, Primarni's owner earns more money from Primarni than they do their core business? What's
2: the core business?
1: United biscuits.
2: I've not even heard of United Biscuits. It's quite it? a
1: big, quite a big concern, aren't Huge, UV, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, huge. But they were—they bought it accidentally, and they're obviously not going <laughs> to give it up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the queues at the weekend um, were, were horrific. I was actually—I was down in Southampton, the one there. Um, my sister did what she did. I like, am going to drag you out shopping because you're my gay brother. You know, it's very sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, like what,
2: the queues for Primark.
0: Primark, yeah, they were absolutely huge
2: oh
0: yeah they, they went round her and Carl have they got new and, things in there yeah they, they bought loads of new. well they, I don't know if they were new but my my, my husband and my sister got, went and got loads of stuff and then they went to queue, and they must have been in the queue for like 25-30 yeah. minutes waiting to pay so. the Which, best time um, to
2: go is on my lunch break <laughs> between 12 and 1 <laughs> yeah. there's never a soul in there mm-hmm. other than the odd person buying pyjamas and socks yeah. but yeah
1: does she, does she, were your mum and dad aware uh, that um, your sister knows she's got a gay brother
0: well funnily enough my parents were at my wedding so I would I <laughs> that don't think I, they'd know I, that gay. might have given it away do <laughs> <so>. you think <laughs> yeah do you think
2: I, I reckon maybe hi
0: mum hi dad yeah. I invited you to the wedding guess what
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah but we <laughs> so were ta-da! on a... be the right time to do it <laughs> wasn't well it? we were on a ship so you know what sailors are like
2: oh um okay <laughs> yeah, like this is taking and... many a turn
1: I got married on the
0: SS Great Britain I know
2: I've seen parents. the photos yeah. Absolutely wonderful a like a great Anyway uh,
0: shall, we, shall we move on We've we got a packed show And um, obviously um, um, we've got a lot to talk about With um, uh, Darren and Jane a little bit later on But we before have. that um, we're going to be uh, Well Ayers is going to be catching up with Joe, aren't you so. I am indeed Cool uh, stay with us You'll listen to Shout Out back in a minute Shout Out
3: LGBT radio for you the Shout Out Podcast. Right,
1: we're on to the last of our series of trans surgery in Turkey. And uh we're talking to Jay. Now, Jay, give me a bit of background growing up uh trans.
3: Um, well, I was always like masculine as a kid, and my mum and dad, they were always supportive. My mum let me cut my hair and um dress in like boys' clothes since I was probably about four. And um yeah, I've never like really said I wanted to be a boy till I was older, but I'd get called a boy out in public and stuff. So um, it was right to be fair. I just got to live as me, and like gender wasn't really a thing until puberty, I guess.
1: Mm. What age were you, Jay, when uh, when you thought something was wrong?
3: Um, probably like as I went into secondary school, because all of my friends were boys in primary school. And then when we got into secondary school, it then becomes like a difference between boys and girls. So they were all like, oh, we can't be friends with you because you're a girl. And then that's kind of when I had to start being friends with girls and maybe, I don't know, yeah, we were just more separated. It made me feel different.
2: What was that transition like for you from primary school to secondary school? Was it a bit of a shock and, and quite difficult?
3: Yeah, I guess so, like leaving all my old friends behind and that. And... um well, yeah, pretty much having to find a whole new friend group.
2: So you started a secondary school around 11 years of age and you're talking to us then about puberty. What was that like for you?
3: I guess I'm quite lucky that when I had, like, top surgery and stuff, I was quite young. So I only really, and I started puberty quite late, I guess. I was probably, like, maybe 13 or 14. Yeah, probably about 14. So, like, I didn't really, like, was developing as a female, I guess, for a long time. Um but it still wasn't great being in female changing rooms and having to cover up and going into the girls toilets because I had short hair and stuff. So they'd all like be screaming at me to get out, even in like swimming pool changing rooms. They'd tell me to get out. Obviously that's the change room that I had to go into the way that my body was developing.
2: Yeah, so during that time was that when you were starting to sort of process the fact that you might be trans or what what was that like for you? How did you get to that sort of level of understanding about yourself?
3: So probably about maybe fifteen or something, I saw things online and like as you do like on TikTok or social media and I was just like, Yeah, that fits. I kind of like put it off for a bit thinking I was just like really masculine or even when I found out you could like bind your chest and stuff. I saw some like like lesbians saying, Oh yeah, I still want to be a woman, but I'll just like cut my breasts off. So I was like, Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll do that. But then obviously as time went on, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm more I'm a boy, really.
2: Was there a time where you were also questioning your sexuality and did that link in directly with with your gender? And has that now changed since realizing that you're a man?
3: Um well, I don't think sexuality's ever been like a problem kind of. I haven't hid it at all. From like a very young age, I'd be in like a restaurant with my granddad or whatever and he'd be like, Oh, she's pretty inchy and I'd be like, Yeah. And I um I've always been very open about it. My family have always known that I've liked like boys and girls, like it didn't really matter to them. I didn't have to come out as such in that way. I think that's brilliant that you can have
2: that sort of open communication from such a young age so that it didn't feel like a, a stressful time for you. A lot yeah. of people internalise it, don't they, for, for many years.
3: Yeah, it didn't feel wrong at all, I guess. Coming out, like, sexuality, I didn't really feel like was much to me. Like, it didn't really matter as much, but gender was a bigger thing. So that was, like, harder to come out as, I guess.
2: So how was that for you?
3: Um. I don't know, I, well, obviously, I didn't come out till I was, um like, 17 properly. Um, But it was, like, for years I was hinting to people or would come out to a few people. But I was probably – I knew that I was trans for probably about, like, three or four years before I actually came out. It was just, like, who I told. It's not, like – because I knew my family were supportive. It was just I didn't want to feel, like, that they'd look at me differently. Even if they supported me, it felt like a very personal thing to – have to tell people
2: it's a very big thing to share it sounds like for you um and although yeah. something that you'd known you know for quite quite a long while it's still a, a big conversation to have yeah did you speak to your parents separately or did you speak to them together what was that like
3: i spoke to my mum just when we were out in the car together um i first said about i wanted to like start binding and then I said about top surgery, then I didn't actually tell her I was trans to laughter, but I didn't really like using that word. I was just like, she was basically like, I know, like you just you want to be a boy. I didn't want to have to say it, but it was like I kind of did all the things like backwards. I told her I wanted top surgery before I told her I wanted to be a boy, but um, and then I told my dad, and he he was fine with it too. I told him separate. I told him like a couple of weeks after or something, but he he was fine with it. Yeah.
2: Again, that's such a lovely experience that you've had there. Um, and so many people struggle with with sharing, you know, that they're a trans or male or female with, with family. Um, and they can sort of, you know, have to hide it for, for quite a long time. So how long between you coming out and you sharing that you wanted top surgery? How did you go about that?
3: Well, I guess I was always looking for it. I'm always wanted to start researching and that. So when I told my mum I'd already found a company that done binders so that I could buy them. And pretty much I was already looking at like top surgery through the NHS. And I was looking at a clinic in London to get it done. And I'd already saved up all the money pretty much um to get it done in London. But then I obviously realised that it was like a lot harder than I thought to get it in England. And then I was just um looking on TikTok and I found like scrolling through like you'd search like top surgery and then all these clinics came up and then Turkey came up and I was like, Sounds cheaper and stuff, and I'm quite tight with money, so sounded a bit better.
2: Well, we've talked um, before because we came over to Turkey and we went into um, Neda's Trans Clinic, and that's where we first met. And, you know, I know there's a big variance, sorry, in cost between the UK and and sort of going abroad for the surgery and there's also a lot less hurdles that you have to jump through because although you have to go privately it sounds like you were becoming aware of the other obstacles that would have been in your way
3: yeah like um having to get a gender dysphoria diagnosis and stuff and obviously some people they might like if they don't want to start testosterone or if they're non-binary then they might that might not be a big thing in their transition to get that But obviously, I'm going to need to get that at some point anyway, because I do want to start testosterone. It just seemed like it was so many hurdles. It was going to take so long, and I just couldn't wait. And Turkey don't need you to, like, prove that you're trans, so they just believe you.
2: I think that's something that's really important to talk about and for the listeners to know as well, that they're not alone if they're getting confused and overwhelmed with the system within the United Kingdom. And that's why some people do go abroad. So you started investigating Neda's Trans Clinic. Um, How long between doing that uh, was there and then you going over?
3: Um, I started looking, so I got my surgery in November 2022. And I started looking probably in the May I think Um so quickly um, Yeah so I messaged him And he gave me a date for September I think or October But you have to be um, 17 and a half And I wasn't 17 and a half until the November So I had to wait till then
2: And when you're that age, there's a bit of a difference, isn't there, with the way that you're able to um, have the surgery? And I know that you went over there with your parents.
3: Yeah, I went over. You have to have, I think it's both of your parents' signatures, so they have to give you permission to get the surgery with them.
2: And what was the surgery like for you, sort of the build up to it and after in your recovery?
3: I think like... Obviously, my dysphoria was bad about my chest and I wasn't happy about it. But as soon as I found out that I was getting surgery and could see like an end goal, I was like, it made me a lot happier. And then I got it. Um, but I was very quiet in the morning and of the surgery and stuff. Um, and I was surprised because there wasn't any like consultations beforehand or whatever. The surgeon just come in and he's a military surgeon. Well, he was. Um, so he's very like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Um, and then he just does it and he's got good results so and then I like was all laid up for the first week or something Um, and then we could go out walking around Turkey and just got back home and resting I guess.
2: How has the recovery been for you since?
3: Um, Since in Turkey it was quite hard I guess laying laying in the bed and that I couldn't really move much I was like really really hunched over but since we've been back home it's all right Um, seven weeks post-op now and I'm pretty back to normal I guess.
2: What jobs have you done before and what is it that you're looking forward to sort of doing in the future now that you've got this now that you're through this sort of big part um, of your life?
3: Um, Since I finished school like 18 months ago I've um, always been in building for like a year I was doing bricklaying and then for six months I've been doing scaffolding so like that's quite hard to do like when you're kind of stealth and hiding and that in the summer when they're all taking their tops off. I don't think I'd go back to that, but I'd still, I I worked with my uncles first, bricklaying, so maybe if I want to get that euphoria of taking my top off on a building site, then I could still do that on a weekend or something. But um, I want to look into doing personal training or something to do with like aviation.
2: Wow, two very different uh, careers there. What sort of has led led you into that? Is that something you've always wanted to do?
3: Uh, yeah, I was in the air cadets, so I really like planes and helicopters and stuff. I just find them really interesting, so I just want to do something with them if I can. And um my dad's in the military, so I um have wanted to maybe go in the military too, see if that could work. But I'm also very active as well, so I wanted to look into doing personal training because um, I did GCSE PE and did quite well in that and I'd like to make it a career, I guess.
2: Is there any specific avenue you'd like to take the PT?
3: Um, I've got a friend at the minute who wants me to train them and they're trans because they don't want to have to disclose to a PT that they are trans because maybe of wearing a binder or not wearing a binder, then maybe you could see their chest doing cardio whatever. whatever. Um, and they said it's good to have someone who knows how to gain muscle as a trans guy. So I'd like to help, like... Uh, LGBT people if
2: I can that sounds like a wonderful thing to do both of those careers sound really interesting maybe you could yeah. go into both and bring them both yeah. together who knows that
3: yeah.
2: I suppose people who fly helicopters might need some PT yeah wanting
3: to get fit yep yeah.
2: <laughs> so if you have uh if you think about what sort of where you were and where you are now there's going to be a lot of people listening who are starting to look into top surgery who are realizing that they're trans or already, already sort of very far on in their lives sort of in the 30 40 50 uh sort of year old stages uh, do you have any words of advice for them
3: well i don't really think at my young age i can um give much words of advice but uh I don't know, just keep researching, just research constantly. That's all I did, trying to find new places, trying to find different ways, even like changing your name. I'm still Googling all the things you can do and trying to talk to as many people as possible, I guess, like get on all the Facebook groups and try and chat to new people about it
2: i think that's really good advice i think what you're saying there is you're not alone you don't have to feel isolated in this and even if there's people within your life that you can't talk to there's always going to be people who are feeling similar ways to you and who are going through the process themselves that you can connect with yeah yeah um thank you so much jay we have come to the end of the interview it always goes so quickly uh thank you for sharing your story i know that it will be very interesting um to our listeners and uh I look forward to speaking to you again in the future.
3: Yeah, thank you. You too. Thank you.
2: Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out podcast.
1: I need to make me feel blessed.
0: That's a score, oh my love.
4: This is out news on Thursday the 19th of January.
2: Jenny Dean spoke for many people within the LGBTQIA plus community on Tuesday when she told a reporter for Gay Newswire for Pink News why she was attending a protest outside the gates of Downing Street. An issue that affects a tiny percentage of the population is not a big deal for the Tories in government. It's just a way of diverting from the real issues in this country which are the cost of living crisis, the right to protest, the attacks on our human rights. Miss Dean was speaking as trans people digested the fact that the Westminster government had decided to block gender reforms approved by the Scottish Parliament. Reforms which are mostly about death, marriage and taxation but which have prompted a fixated crusade amongst certain right-wing media such as the Daily Telegraph about trans people's access to public space. LGBTQI plus lobbying group Stonewall, which was set up in 1988 at the height of past conservative governments' weaponisation of gay people's right to exist, remarked, This is now a constitutional matter between the government and the Scottish government. It's a matter of grave and profound regret that the Prime Minister has allowed trans people's lives to be used as a political football. Well-known human rights activist Peter Tatchell suggested that the Westminster government's decision could in fact spark resistance from not just the LGBTQIA plus community, but also from Scottish people who are outraged that their parliament has been overridden in an unprecedented undermining of their sovereignty. Mr Tatchell said Tory veto of Scotland's gender recognition bill is an attack on trans rights and Scottish democracy. It tears up devolution and is an attempt by Westminster to impose its will on Scotland. The Tory claim that the bill violates UK's Equality Act is nonsense. It won't have negative consequences for equal pay or single-sex spaces. The Scottish bill explicitly states that it does not override any provisions in the Equality Act. This veto will rightly strengthen calls for Scottish independence. The LGBT plus network within the Green Party in England and Wales joined forces with the Rainbow Greens in Scotland, SDLP, LGBT plus group and the Alliance Party's LGBT group in sending a polite but firm letter to the Prime Minister, saying... The effect of a GRC which is unchanged by this legislation is to allow a trans person to change their birth certificate to their correct gender. The effect of this legislation is to allow them to do this in a shorter time with fewer administrative burdens. Birth certificates are not used as identification in day-to-day life and there are already easier processes available to change a passport or driving licence. The main use of a birth certificate is to allow marriage and death certificates to be recorded in the correct gender, ensuring the human dignity of trans people's lives being accurately recorded. Isabel Ringrose writing in the left-wing weekly paper Socialist Worker, focused on the democratic deficit underlined by the Sunak government, Courses of Action, Rising months of hostility included vicious protests from transphobes who wrongly claim the safety of women is at risk by any advancements for trans rights. Sunak claims it's completely standard practice to assess the impact of a new bill, but never before has a British Prime Minister used Westminster's power to stop a law passed by the Scottish Parliament. So, alongside the Brousseau attacks on trans rights, he wants to throw a constitutional bomb. He would be sopping the clear wheel of Scotland's develop- de- devolved parliament. <sighs>
4: The Guardian reports that the General Synod of the Church of England will discuss and debate whether to allow priests to conduct same-sex marriage ceremonies. Both progressive and conservative wings of the Church have been lobbying hard over the issue. For LGBTQIA members of the Church of England, which is the established church, as set up by King Henry VIII after the break of Protestant England with Rome in the 16th century, there is hope that there will be reform. However, the Guardian religious affairs correspondents believe that some kind of compromise is likely similar to that over women priests. Uh, who have been permitted since the 1990s in this clergy and congregations who welcome same-sex marriage will be allowed to conduct some form of service but conservative factions will be permitted to dissent according to a 2022 polling commissioned by the ozan foundation which campaigns for equality 55 percent of people in england who identify as anglican believe same-sex marriage is right younger people are more likely to share this view and just 29 percent think that it is wrong and in breaking news the mirror reports that as expected the church of england has adopted a compromise designed to satisfy all factions in the church the institution will continue to ban same-sex marriage but will allow clergy to bless civil marriages in addition the bishops will offer an apology to lgbtqia plus christians for past quote exclusion and hostility
2: graham smith the ceo of republic a coalition of activists from across the political spectrum from hard left to libertarian right who wish to dissolve the British monarchical system has spoken to the top gay newswire Pink News. Mr Smith says that he believes despite recent moves by the Prince of Wales Prince William to speak about LGBTQI plus people the institution remains wholly homophobic and transphobic. Mr Smith says essentially we don't have to put up with this circus. It It is unprincipled. It is bad for Britain. Bad for our democracy. The coronation is an opportunity to stand up and protest against it and getting rid of it is absolutely achievable to see mr smith's arguments in full why not pop along to our website for a link to the article
4: and finally lgbtqia plus people of a chinese background will be sending their greetings this weekend as the calendar reaches the chinese new year we are entering the year of the rabbit the festival is somewhat like christmas in western traditions in that celebrations go on for some weeks and the build-up is intense the first week which this year falls from the 22nd to the 29th of january is an official Chinese holiday when businesses are closed and special celebrations take place. But celebrations will return for the Lantern Festival on the 15th of February. Although China adopted the Gregorian calendar after a communist takeover in 1949, the traditional calendar is still in widespread use to govern cultural (coughs) events and is based on an ancient lunisolar system, meaning that the dates of events move relative to our calendar. Traditions at this time of year include cleaning the house to prepare the way for good fortune, where wearing red, lighting firecrackers and giving money in red paper envelopes. Out China is a pan-continental network for LGBT plus people from China and with a Chinese background. You can find their support and activism services online. We've popped a link up on our news feed. So, Happy Chinese New Year, however you are celebrating.
2: For these news stories and more, we update our website every day. Check us out at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For
4: shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr
2: and Ezra Peregrine.
0: Shout out news National and international LGBT news for you uh, So I wonder why Stepha brought me a red envelope Shout out
3: LGBT radio for you the shout
0: out podcast uh, shut up and dance okay uh, walk to the moon that was a bit
1: rude mr shield no thank you for my red letter oh uh, you're very welcome so. happy chinese new year and to you so. i like your dragon outfit uh, i
0: I, 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 like, I like the fact that she goes she goes year of the rabbit and i saw these two go wabbit
5: <laughs> <laughs> love a
0: wabbit so um and i have to say Jen, i'm loving the hair
5: Thank you very much. It's bright pink for anyone. Was it because
0: you knew you were going to be on a pink microphone?
5: I didn't know that, but, you know fortune favors the brave
0: <laughs> so anyway very warm welcome I mean, it's unusual to have you on in, in january um, talking about pride stuff it's normally a little bit closer to the big event isn't it but we've got the lovely uh darren carter and jane uh, graham mcmorrow I mean, it's lovely to have you both in uh, the studio with us so a very warm welcome back to shout out thanks great to be here <coughs>
5: thank you very much for having us so, back yes i think it's indicative of the development of bristol pride now that we're got other things going on so um it's great to be well it is
0: it is it is huge no i I remember the the first year it was up at the downs which is always your big big aim wasn't it to to get it up to the downs i remember talking to you about it yeah
6: yeah, the big the big three years in the making that challenge but um yeah 2019 yeah it was great and then obviously that was your
1: 10th as well that was the big 10 yeah Yeah. because we got 10 stations for you to broadcast on for that and we picked up a bbc award didn't we Yeah. yeah 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 and then of course we hit the lovely covid yeah yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs>
6: so yeah no it was just it was great to be back on the downs last year you know picking up where we left off in 2019 and uh i think you know we did I, i'm proud of what we did during the pandemic in terms of keeping things ticking along some hybrid events and online stuff but um I think it yeah.
0: had everyone on their toes, didn't they? Mm. Didn't they? You know, but yeah. it was nice. I, I remember watching it, <laughs> seeing all the different prize things, but on on the screen. So it kind of like you know the, the monotony of being stuck at home. <laughs> it, it it was kind of like nice to alleviate it. Yeah. So. But But um, I, I, I'm not going to ask too much about plans. I'm assuming they're afoot for this year. Yeah.
6: No. We um, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> We're yeah. Yeah. We're staying kind of. You know, we've done a lot of work
6: actually already for the festival this this year. Um, so we've got some really exciting stuff to announce will be again announcing quite early. Um so I think, you know, watch the space for next month to see what's what's coming oh, down really? the line. That's it? Yeah, yep, that early. Yeah. The oh. work
5: the work has been mm. immense and uh yeah, it's really exciting. Can't say anything yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I I always want to ask, but you, I know You can, can ask. You can I always know. ask. I <laughs> just can't say.
5: But it's really Really brilliant
0: Cool so I, I, How
5: about if we
1: turn the mics down And just leave the <laughs> listeners to, to hum a song or something to, Between themselves And you just tell us I need a
5: really really big red envelope <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: so, Now you come coming to talk to us about something
0: completely different today though haven't you We
5: are It's, it's an exciting uh, initiative that we're starting called Black on Board uh, Which we've put out some comms in our channel So uh, information is already on the website and um also through twitter and instagram instagram yeah. all the all the things <laughs> and and basically we are recruiting for new board members for bristol pride um and in that process we want to enable people to train to be on the board because all right it's It's a really exciting job to do. It's it's a really great thing to be able to do. And we are looking to attract people from black, marginalized and racialized people of color. And you can't just tick a box and say, oh, we want people of color to be on our board. Mm. It's like you have to understand why more people aren't in positions of power, why there isn't more representation on board. And so instead of just trying to invite people is create the opportunity. So this initiative is about creating and paying for the training for four people who would like to apply to come on the board. And we have this amazing training program that is online. And also you get to um, get some master classes in person. And you get to train with the current members on board. So there'll be all the board members from bristol pride and anybody new who's interested for these four places
0: oh cool i mean i I would imagine there's there's quite a lot of people who who wouldn't even know that there's a board that 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 looks after bristol pride i mean obviously you could go into a a lot of detail talking about all the roles but do you very briefly want to give kind of like a a, an outline of you know what makes up the board what kind of roles are on there um
5: uh, the main roles are the chair which is currently taken by myself but um, you know that I won't be there forever And, um, and then you have people that are we attract people who've got different expertise that help us so that could be from finance it can be um people that have um, experience working within the community now that could be putting on events like you know people who are djs and have different nights and think you you know where you might think um people we want people that just from business backgrounds and everything that's not not the case so there's a lot of ways because we create live events yeah. and we have we're, it's a creative organization there's that element but there's also looking after staff and all of this kind of thing so human resources that kind of expertise but at the moment what we're really looking for is to create this really solid cohesive group of people that are working towards furthering prize objectives and and more and more now we're a bit bigger it's about reaching out to the community but it's also representing the community which we serve and so that's why this initiative is so important
1: are you working with uh, another group aren't you jane
5: yeah we're working um with an organization called olmec which is based in london and they have been doing black on board training and working with um marginalized and racialized people of color for a very very long term time and their training has won awards um they've done training for the nhs and and things like this and we're also undergoing allyship training as well because it's really important to create the right environment for people to come into and so as we as the queer community look towards allies as well sometimes to open those doors to to throw open the gates for opportunity um, so we need to become allies as well ourselves for other people in our community that like trans allies people of color allies and and that's it's really really important that we understand what that means understand as, be- as best we can what those communities go through so we can offer a really safe, inclusive and equal environment for people to come and prosper. Because it's really good for your, you know, being a board member, going through this really good training, understanding how finance works and governance for a charity and everything like that you really helped through it you're kind of really supported when you go through the process and then at the end of it it's really good for job prospects it's really really good for promotion it you know so it can be really really helpful towards your other goals and aims not just if you've got a passion for Bristol Pride and you'd like to contribute.
1: So are you looking for younger generation it
6: could be anyone um so yeah i mean to be a trustee which is ultimately the aim is you'll be trained up to be a trustee you have to be over 16. um so it's a great opportunity i was just uh, speaking to ue equity earlier today and, I was, and they were like oh is it for students can students apply for it? i was like, "Yes, you can and again it's, as jane was saying it's great training um for your cv and for your future job prospects um but no you know we haven't put any age limits on it other than legally you have to be over 16 to be a trustee okay. um but you can be older you know you can be younger everyone has different experiences to bring to the table and that's what this is about and that's what you know being a trustee of of a charity like bristol pride is about it's bringing your experiences to the table so that we can have these discussions when we're talking about pride as an event or events that we're organizing or what you know our Trajectory. what we're going to do as uh, an organization in three years time you can bring those experiences and perhaps maybe talk to people within the communities that you're within and and bring that to the table as well so yeah it's open to to everyone
0: Mm. but you don't you don't have to have had any experience in Mm. being on a board before any anything like that so i I can imagine people listening that might be exciting but bristol prize huge (laughs) that could be a bit scary
5: it's it's i mean when the, the event is huge yeah. but as an organization we're quite small and very unscary and and that's <laughs> and this is the this is the point of why why we decided to do this was because you can pay an organization to do specialist advertising word or your adverts to try and get people of color to come into your organization because there's a limited pool you have to think to yourself, why is there a limited pool? It's because of lack of opportunity. It's centuries of racism and denied opportunity to things. And so it's like, it's not enough to just say, oh, let's tick a box and get somebody of colour on our board. That's not what we want to do. What we want to do is create the opportunity. Now, out of the four places we have this year... Probably maybe one or two. It'll be kind of like a self-selection whether people want to actually come on the board. But you're not obliged to come onto the Pride Board after you've been paid for to go through the free training. It's about the the most important thing is about creating opportunity for people. If we happen to get one or two people at the end of it, that we'll be very (coughs) delighted at that. But it's part of an ongoing commitment that we've got, where we will then after this year we will pay for two places for anybody who want from that community who wants to be on boards who wants to be the people sitting around the table making the decisions to have power it's important to have power and the opportunity to have your voice heard within your community and this training enables that to happen you could be on any board that you like but this gives you such amazing skills to be able to go forward and do that and we are committed to creating that opportunity is really really important
0: so is it is this something that if if someone is applying for the training is going to be a full-time thing it's effectively the you know like a nine-to-five job type thing or is this something that is a day or two a week Or Mm.
5: it's it's split up into these in-person that says seven in-person sessions and then the rest of it's online at your own at your own pace although that you've got a community to talk to and everything like that so hook up but all the details for that are on the website you can see the full curriculum of the training and what you'll be doing and there'll be some people who will have certain experiences in certain fields where it will just take They'll go through it really, really quickly. And other bits will be new and we'll be learning. But we'll be together as a group. And so the other thing it means is by us all doing it together, it means it's less daunting for someone to come into an existing board because we'll have, and we'll have all gone through the same training and we'd have had those in-person sessions all together. So if somebody at the end of it does decide that they'd like to come on board and they're a right fit for us, then they already know all those people on the board. They will already you know made those connections and yeah. hopefully they'll feel comfortable and they'll know what they're people will know what they're saying yes to by the end of this for sure you know
0: and we can promise you, they're lovely people at Bisley. <laughs> right? we, we always get one with you like a house on fire.
6: So. so,
1: how do people get involved? Do, do they need a CV? Do they, um, do they actually have to mail it to you, or is there, yeah, a, a, there an application online?
6: There's an application online, so they just need to go to our website. Um, you can just see in the menu is the uh, black and board recruitment. Uh, you can, as Jane said, you can see all the information on there about the, what the commitment is. You know about those seven sessions they're on a friday they're two and a half hours long those are in person but as as jane said everything else is uh, kind of online at your own pace and there's at the bottom of it there's just a little application form and it's very short we just want to know why you want to do it and um why you want to get involved but yeah it's just a you can just download the, the word document and then you just email it back to us um, yeah so and, and say so it's about all different levels of experience and background so we're not looking for a cv we're not looking for you to have already done this just tell us why you want to do it and and
5: like with there's somebody who said it's not always the best way to try and find someone who's got the qualifications for your organization what is far better is to find the right person and then give them the tools to do that job and and that's the way around we we really want to do this
0: yeah yeah because you end up with some amazing talent coming in that, that brings extra things to you as an organisation as well when, when you do that it's, it's great
5: and, so. and also it speaks to what we how we judge what's valuable yes and people's life experiences is, is what valuable people's passion is valuable um, and for queer rights that you know you know and it's that it's the, it's the passion um, and the willingness to kind of think yeah you know the you know have confidence I would say to anyone who's slightly interested or a lot interest have confidence in yourself that this is definitely something that you can do and if it's something that you're interested in and you would like to give it a go then fill out that application form and come and see us
0: cool well uh, you you heard it here first so um, bristolpride.co.uk is isn't it that's right yeah Um, is uh, where where you want to head um, if you want to apply black on board Um, black on board um, yeah, you'll have to let us know how it goes. Mm. Definitely. It, it, sounds, it, sounds, it sounds really interesting, if I'm 100% honest. Mm. I and
1: congratulations as well before you disappear about your award nominations from our listeners. Yeah. Uh, both. For both yes. Bristol Pride and Jane. Yes.
5: I'm absolutely shocked <laughs> <laughs> and delighted. And whoever wins, it's just great. It's, it's, it's a great thing that you all are doing because. There's a a lot of amazing work that happens in the community and to have the opportunity to have that recognised is really um, supportive and encouraging. So thanks, everyone. It's been
0: wonderful. This, This year's probably got the most diverse and widespread finalists I think we've ever seen. Um, in the awards, it's been great because we haven't been able to run it since 2017. Because um, we were about to bring it back when Covid hit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great. It, it's and, uh, great. So, I Hope we're um, going to see you at the finals. Are we going to see you at the uh, ceremony?
5: Sure, we'll definitely be there. And just congratulations to everyone else who's been nominated. Uh, you do amazing stuff, it's brilliant.
0: Yes, uh, if you do want to vote, um, shoutoutradio.lgbt forward slash awards is the uh, address you want. And um, I'm not going to not gonna make it by just because we've got these two in the studio. Like Change there's loads of really nice people, and you can see all the details about them uh, up there on the page as well. Um, but if you fancy also applying to help Bristol Pride out behind the scenes, don't forget, uh, go go and uh, have a look at that i presume there's info there on the page as well is there about it all as well? yeah, yeah yeah so all,
6: all the information about why we're doing it and the commitment and what we what we're looking for is all on there so yeah and if of course if we if something on the not on there that you want to ask
0: just email us yeah. Cool. We're weird thinking about Pride at the moment It's so cold outside. I like, always associate Pride with like super hot and like dousing people down with water and all that kind of thing. Bring
5: know? it on, I say, bring it on. Mm. So, anyway, that's it for another week. Um
1: that means uh, a week has now vote passed before your voting. Indeed, so make sure you cast your vote for your finalists in the Shoutout Listeners Awards. Go to shoutoutradio.lgbt slash awards.
0: Uh, You can also grab your tickets for the ceremony there too. Uh, We'll be back same time, same place next week. Join us then uh, from myself, from the rest of the Shoutout team and from the Pride team. Say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.
3: Out, out LGBT radio for you